1: What will
0: we do with a drunken sailor? What will we do with a drunken sailor? What will we do with a
1: drunken sailor? And the light of heart <laughs> the ship with black sails that's crewed by the damned.
0: Welcome aboard the Black Pearl.
1: Welcome to the Black Pearl Show. Pirates of the Caribbean Minute podcast where we analyze, scrutinize, and plunder the Pirates of the Caribbean films one blimey minute at a time. I'm Scott Artis from ScottArtist.com,
0: And I'm Heather Artist from Minute.com.
1: Thanks for joining us as we loot Minute 74 of Dead Man's Chest.
0: Maybe you should be doing the board of the Week.
1: It's possible I should be. You keep
0: bringing up new words every I'm gonna day. I'm going to be throwing
1: it in. I'm trying to spice it up a little bit. Wow. Because I don't have the energy in the beginning. It's just so Why? monotone. Of course there's energy. Didn't you hear it? I'm just making it more lively now. I'm really... With adding
0: a word I'm here going, and there? Yeah,
1: just one word and even it changes if the whole context. they're made up? Are you talking... Wow! I mean, hey, made up? <laughs> yeah, even if it's made up, but it's, it's changing the whole context of it. People are like, oh my God, it's so much better now, the show. It was good before, but now it's uh like the top.
0: Better with your one word.
1: With my one word. That wow. shows the power of me, myself. And I? No, I's just not correct.
0: <laughs>
1: but we're playing with fire here. We have two dogs in the studio today, Cricket well, and Froggy.
0: Froggy's okay. Froggy's norm- always in the studio. Cricket, on the other hand, is only not even five months old.
1: And so she has a tendency to be crazy. <laughs> And that's why this episode is brought to you by Einstock, Icelandic white ale. <laughs> it's in the studio, and I'm chugging it.
0: We took our we took our pirate ship over to Iceland and grabbed some yeah ale a and Viking
1: logo on there kind of yeah. works. Sailing it
0: works. Hey, I was saying it works.
1: And then there's also the upcoming Norcal Pirate Festival. Fairly local for us. It's in uh, Vallejo on the waterfront there, June 16th and 17th.
0: Fairly local. Yeah. What is it? Backyard? No. Backyard's not fairly local? It's
1: fairly close, I said. Different county, but close.
0: Okay. Let's just say
1: that. Hey, you're ruining- side yard. You're you're ruining this whole (laughs) thing. It's the NorCal Pirate Festival. It's there. We'll be there with-
0: Bells Bells on? Bells
1: on, I guess. I don't know. Disney? I don't know. We'll be there with our t-shirts on. We'll
0: be there with our- uh, I
1: gotta get t-shirts then. Dang it.
0: Blunderbust.
1: Blunderbust or blunderbust? (laughs)
0: bust not bust (laughs) that's a mighty
1: fine blunder bust you got there lady (laughs) get slapped. how dare you anyways yeah NorCal Pirate Festival we'll be there with our bust and our bells on I guess something to check out if you're gonna go uh, hit us up say hello if you see us wandering around I'm sure hopefully I'll get my act together and have new shirts at the ready
0: you're kind of running out of time I am running out of
1: time but we'll do it it's a new week just waiting for a bit of pirate action, basically. But I can't seem to get through it unless I have more Pirate Word of the Week. Because I need Pirate Word of the Week. Ahoy there, scallywags. Pirate Word of the Week in five, four, three, two, 4, So what do you have for us?
0: You should be more of a man and less of a fish.
1: I almost was insulted by that because it felt like, like you were saying it to me directly. And then you give the look. You are. How dare you? <laughs> what is that? Just basically calling somebody a coward?
0: Yeah. It, it's characterizing someone as spineless, slippery, untrustworthy, or temperamental. It's oh. actually from that book I quoted last what week or the week before. I don't remember. Um, Captain Joe's Martin Crosby's Vengeance. There you go. It's Captain Joe. It's Martin Crosby. Cros- it's almost like
1: you're I without tongue.
0: Bitches, yes. And he sa- and she says, "Ah, had you been more of a man and less of a fish, I had made you captain of this ship."
1: There you go. Nice quote too. You're bringing like the history, the literary gravitas with you, like I said, and then the tongue-tiedness. Thanks to you. Yeah. Thanks, well, Okay, let's just say it. Einstock Icelandic White Ale. <laughs> That helped you with the tongue-tiedness. In the previous minute? Um, yeah. Davy Jones is hanging out in his cabin all alone, looking at a painting of Calypso. And how do I describe this? Well, he's, uh, playing with his pipe organ. And really into it. (laughs) Going to town, one would say. (laughs)
0: If
1: I do say so myself. Wow. While Davy Jones continues to work that organ... The rest of the crew and... <laughs> what?
0: You seem to have made that minute X-rated. <laughs> I'm just recapping it, exactly what happened there.
1: The rest of the crew and the on loan from the Black Pearl, Will Turner, are actually getting stuff done topside. Unlike Davy Jones's one-man show, sometimes it takes two to wrangle a swinging cannon. Bootstrap yells, let go boy. Before their eyes lock in a nice father and son discovery moment. Minute 74 begins with the moment of shock for Bootstrap Bill seeing his son on the Flying Dutchman, causing him to release his grip on the cannon's rope. As the cannon falls towards the deck, Will Turner is slung across the planks as the cannon crashes down. Jimmy Legs approaches. Haul that weevil to his feet. The minute ends with Will turning to look at his dad after being escorted. Davy Jones walks up, and after a pause, begins to laugh at the bewildered younger Turner.
0: Jimmy Legs reminds me of Steinfeld.
1: It does. There's a lot of Seinfeld things (laughs) that remind me of. That's how much that's penetrated pop culture, our society, Seinfeld. But I get the sense that this minute is all about some like emotional baggage thing going on here. Maybe that's not like quite the right term, but there's this shock from Bootstrap that his son is on board this hellhole of a life in servitude of Davy Jones, just as he is. And then Will seems to have like this disgust or anger going on. Yeah. For one thing, I have to imagine that Bootstrap is just beside himself that his son followed his path, so to speak.
0: Well, he never wanted Will to be a pirate, and this shows that Will is completely a pirate. Yeah,
1: I think that's exactly what it is. Because this is that classic example of the father not wanting the son to become that criminal or pirate or whatever. Basically to follow in his footsteps as opposed to making that like noble, better life for himself deal. Right. It's like with all his effort to escape and not be that role model to Will, to hide his occupation, to hide his shame, I guess. It didn't matter because Will's not just a pirate, but he's a damned, like, soul pirate. Yeah. To serve the Dutchman.
0: Must be in the blood. Yeah. While he's dealing with this
1: shame, that's what's going on. It's like Bootstrap is just, like, shamed at what's happening here. Yeah. Will, who has, like, essentially moved on from his original mission to find his dad... You know, as we were introduced in Curse of the Black Pearl, he's now like getting that burst of emotion that's been bottled up in him. His dad, the pirate, is now in front of him and is like more than a bloody pirate, but a freaking crewman of Davy Jones. But that's just like the tip of the iceberg of things here. Because, okay, tip of the iceberg Icelandic white ale. <laughs> <laughs> because Will just n- saw, not that long ago, the real Davy Jones come out. The guy who attacks a helpless ship, kills the crew, or forces them to join the Dutchman. And his dad is part of that cruelty as far as he's concerned.
0: Right, but when he first comes in contact with his dad... Yeah? Do you think he actually recognizes him there? Because when his dad announces that that is his son, he looks back like... Oh, I
1: think he does, but he's not completely sure. Okay. That's my okay. guess.
0: So then that was just confirmation. Yes.
1: I okay. think that's finally hearing the words out loud kind okay. of moment. This or maybe is what I think. He
0: recognized him, but didn't maybe, quite Okay. Could maybe he's not putting him, everything
1: together, but I think he does. And I think that maybe it was so hard for him to fathom, like, what the hell? is this really my dad? Can my dad actually be on this ship?
0: I found him finally. Yeah, but but, because that's
1: one of the things it's like, really? He's on the Dutchman. So maybe he just was like in denial a little bit. And then when his bootstrap actually says it, then it's like, Oh my God, it's true. Yeah. It's the Luke Skywalker, Darth Vader thing. He hears it. He knows it. He doesn't want to believe it.
0: Well, who would want to believe that you're a good guy. Your dad is the worst guy ever.
1: The worst guy ever.
0: Well, the worst guy in that world.
1: What about Emperor Palpatine? Now we're getting side. Hey, now we're not going down Star Wars road. But anyways, I mean, okay. There's also that probably maybe there's a little bit of guilt there too with Will. Is he thinking, well, I ended the curse. Maybe I'm now responsible for what I thought I killed my dad because I ended the curse. But did I have a part in him becoming a crewman on the Flying Dutchman? Mm. So maybe all of that, it's like this flood of emotion is coming back and all these questions. And now he's like, I don't know which one is, is going on here. Yeah. Am I actually the one who's responsible for this when I ended the curse? That's what's messed up about it. I mean, it's like the same old thing in the curse. As Will progresses like from Curse of the Black Pearl to Dead Man's Chest, the reality of his father and who he is gets worse as well. Right? Yeah. Because at first, when we first see... At first, when we first see... That's some good radio there.
0: When we first see Will... Icelandic. (laughs) Icelandic white ale. Thank you.
1: Thank you for uh, making those words just flow so eloquently from my mouth. Will has this image of his dad. Doesn't believe he's a pirate, right? And then during that whole progression in the movie, right? Yeah. Because first... He was just a dad, lost, maybe like a merchantman or something, right? Possibly yeah. killed or captured by pirates.
0: Then he finds out he's a pirate.
1: That's right. Then Will discovers he's a pirate from Jack Sparrow. Yeah. Then thanks to Jack, his dad turns out to not just like be a pirate, but is, was a cursed pirate to begin with, although he didn't really see it.
0: That was sunk on the bottom of the ocean. That's right.
1: And now is not just a pirate again, but is bartering souls and helping a mad octopus man. It's like- <laughs> Just when Will thought it couldn't get worse, his dad has barnacles and a starfish on his head. That's <laughs> always like the, a bad sign. I
0: like the starfish t- uh, touch. It is. It's good. And you know what? I
1: At first it bothered me because everybody else is really like metamorphosized yeah. into these other sea creatures. Yeah. But then I realized too that it's like he hasn't been there as long. And then I right. go, oh yeah, we're going to be getting to that because then he kind of. Tells why that happens and how the progression works.
0: And he's kind of a good guy too. So that's why this only the starfish and not the That's right. Other stuff.
1: Exactly. And then Jones also gets like such a kick out of this irony that they're father and son here. This tragedy. Yeah. Because we get like the first of a laugh as he gives this double take between like the two. Yeah. And then realizes they really are father and son. He's just like basking in that. Glory of that.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, I just... That guy's got issues. Let's just say that. He
0: does. He's got major emotional issues. That he does. That rope that Bootstrap is letting go of. Did you take oh, a yeah. look at that thing? I
1: actually rewound it a couple times because I thought it was like a frayed nightmare.
0: Right? Yeah. So, for one thing, that sucker would leave splinters in your hands like nobody's business. Right? And it doesn't look like it's gonna... It's really can hold that cannon much longer.
1: Yeah. I... I, I didn't end up getting too much into it. I almost did, but I figured that there's like a giant. It's that's just like the outer part of it, and there's still just a big, thick core to it. Okay. Maybe I, I don't know.
0: I don't know how you'd keep a hold of that sucker because it'd be putting splinters all over your hands.
1: Kind of splinters, like fibrous splinters. Yeah, those Not things like hurt. Wood splinters. Yeah,
0: the ones you can't get out. <laughs> The <laughs> ones that you can't see that are I was are in more there. concerned
1: not about splinters, but actual rope burn the way he lets go of that. Yeah. yeah. And I know he kind of looks at his hand, but that well, was my concern.
0: I know one hand you see palm up, and yeah. one hand you see the top of his hand. But the one that you see the top of his hand looks like it's morphosizing into something. Because he's got serious sausage fingers going <laughs> on.
1: Hot dog fingers. <laughs> he's got a serious case of hot
0: dog fingers. I mean... They're big old things, and they look like they're starting to get like little crustaceans growing on I them. Didn't really take a look at his hand. I'm not even sure the fingernails were there.
1: That's disgusting, a. Eh? And I'll have to go back and take a look.
0: Because <laughs> the one hand that you see the palm look normal, look like a normal hand. This this one hand, the one that you see at the top of the hand, looks like it's transforming into something.
1: So uh, this episode also brought to you by Oscar Meyer. <laughs> <laughs> get your hot dog fingers at any local grocery store
0: (laughs) the lashings yeah so due to bootstrap letting go of the rope don't you think they should have got upset with bootstrap over the the cannon falling into the deck or will
1: yeah but he was the one who was holding onto the rope they may not have known that bootstrap was even over there dealing with it oh Will was the one who was still holding onto the rope when it all happened. He looks like the goofball who let everybody down. Couldn't
0: keep a hold of it. Exactly. That's why.
1: It's like when you knock something over in the store and you ran away leaving me holding the bag with that. Like I knocked it over. That is the truth. You knocked it over. You ran away and left me there to look at it like I was the one who knocked it over while everybody looks at me. I've never seen anybody bolt so quickly in my life.
0: I have no clue what you're talking about. Yeah, that's right.
1: Dare you. I'm sorry, I'll pick it up. What else am I going to say? How dare you? I mean, honestly, that was just ridiculous.
0: The cannon falling into the deck. Wouldn't that put a huge hole into the deck? Possibly, yeah. I mean, it fell from quite a distance. Did it put a hole in the deck? Not that I can... There wasn't any wood flying. You would think if it put a hole in the deck, there'd be wood flying.
1: Possibly. Maybe, maybe not.
0: Maybe. I don't know.
1: I don't know either. We'd have to test that Mythbuster style. We get a rather interesting character that gets some spotlight in this minute. One of the Flying Dutchman crew here. His the name por- is Polifico. Which one's that? Well, I'm going to tell you. That's why I brought it up. Because <laughs> I say, it's interesting because the one thing that caught my attention is when he's holding Will. So he's one of the guys who's holding Will. Okay. And he looks back to Davy Jones and I was wondering... What was up with his eyes? So it turns out eyes are not really his thing. Instead of eye color, it's actually listed as none. Tube worms.
0: Tube worm wise, huh? Yeah.
1: Gotta wow. love tube worms for eyes that's, if I mangled that's
0: that. quite interesting. Yeah, it
1: could bring a whole new thing to tube eyelashes with the uh, feather duster filter. Rooms. <laughs> what eyelashes do you have there, sir?
0: <laughs> They're feather dusters. Thank yeah. you very much. <laughs> his hair color
1: is fire coral. Oh, Not really? bad, yeah. He actually looks like he's got coral a head.
0: Oh, that's the whole coral head guy. Yeah.
1: Now you know who it is. Coral well, head. Well, there
0: are two guys holding him. Yeah. I was trying to figure out one which one One had eyes for about. sure.
1: He would be the guy, if we're looking at the screen, he would be on our right side. His nickname is Kelp Brain.
0: Well, I can see that.
1: I get the feeling that's not a good thing, though. No. His weapon of choice is the Dao Cutlass. Hmm. Which is actually a single-edged Chinese sword. Primarily used for slashing and chopping. That's good. Yeah, you know, when you're prepping meals. The most common, if you're going to like a
0: Benihana's.
1: (laughs) The most common form is also known as the Chinese saber. Although those with wider blades are sometimes referred to as Chinese broadswords. In China, the Dao is considered one of the four traditional weapons along with the stick or staff. The Chang, which is spear. And then there's the Jian, which is a double-edged sword. Hmm. Just so you know. Thank you. Friend here, uh, Kelp Brain, was portrayed by Winston Ellis. He's approaching, what, 40 or so acting credits in TV and film. And by the parts, it kind of makes sense after learning he practices Shaolin Eagle Claw Kung Fu. Okay. And is a three-time Thai boxing champion. So now I have something in common with Winston myself. What's that? That I was a Thai boxing world champion. I mean in I read, a read about or Ty. Life or I what? read about it. I read about it oh, oh, okay. I read about it. He's been picking up parts since nineteen ninety and still doing it to this day. Besides Pirates of the Caribbean, the most notable on his list is the Dark Knight. Batman thing going on there, Christopher hmm. Nolan. Played a bodyguard. Oh, okay. But his kung fu and boxing is usually on display when he gets his roles. You know, from movies titled Kickboxer King to roles like Bouncer, Black Dragon, African Fighter. Kinda get a Feeling he's boxing type. Yes. Bit about Polifico, or
0: Palifico. Palifico.
1: Palifico. Palifico. What do you think? Uh, Palifico. Kelp head. Kelp brain. Okay. Brain. His general appearance was more reef than man, with a fire coral crest atop his head and coral and bone structure forming a tough exoskeleton on his body. In place of eyes, nose, and mouth, he has a cluster of tentacles and tube worms sprouting from his eye sockets. He wielded a twin barnacle-encrusted blades in combat, and one of those, like I said, is the dowel, and the other is a cutlass that gradually fused to his hand. Oh. Exactly.
0: It's quite interesting.
1: Yeah, it's possible that he was Davy Jones' personal bodyguard, is surmised, I guess. That is the theory out there. He was known to enjoy eating live fish, though despite his appearance retained his human values, which we may see later in this movie. Okay. We'll have to keep an eye on that. Does Celtbrain brain still have some human values? <laughs> and this is all happening when we're on the deck of the Dutchman. We see him doing this. It's dark, though.
0: It is dark. A bit
1: dark. Because it is hard to see all the detail that's going on with the flying Dutchman during this whole particular sequence. But it is rather decked out. and has like this menacing appearance, even in the storm. So I grabbed some stuff about the Dutchman that we haven't covered yet. Okay. To set the stage here. And... The stern is covered with lamps and windows arranged in the pattern of a fanged mouth. And the deck above was intertwined with the skeletons of ferocious sea beast. Really? Yeah, sea beast. Kind of like
0: that. Sea beast.
1: Yeah. the That's whole. Of... Like,
0: is that like Incredible Beastie?
1: <laughs> it is kind of like Incredible Beastie. There's a lot of beasts going on in this movie. <laughs> Definitely. Yes. The whole of the Flying Dutchman appears to be constructed entirely from driftwood with every surface encrusted with barnacles and other aquatic flora and fauna from the seabed. And I don't think I mentioned this before, but the look of the Flying Dutchman was partially inspired by the old Dutch flutes, which is a 17th century vessel which resembled galleons, kind of the Spanish galleon thing. And more specifically, the Vasa. And I have an inkling we may be approaching some history here. But it's interesting history. You know, much like uh, the history of pencils that I brought before. (laughs) It's on par with that excitement. That's how exciting this is. No, but actually this is exciting. If you like this kind of stuff. But anyways, the Vasa, a massive Swedish warship which sank in Stockholm's harbor upon its maiden voyage in 1628. Its first time out sinks. That's sad. Yeah, the ship was salvaged in 1961 and housed in a special museum in the Swedish capital. Anyways, its high, heavily ornamented stern provided a rich foundation for rick heinrich's wilder and more fantastical mm. designs that we end up seeing on screen with the flying dutchman here
0: I can that's see that. what inspired him yeah
1: and i'll post a pic of the vasa in our facebook group but for now let like yeah like i said it's retired because it sank but it was a swedish warship that was built between 1626 and 1628 and the ship founded after sailing get this it's going, okay? Everybody's excited. The ship's going out. It's its first voyage. Gets out about 1,400 yards. And that's about it. Well,
0: that's sad. 1,400
1: yards into its maiden voyage wow. on the 10th of August, 1628.
0: And it was a warship.
1: That's right. That wow. beats the Titanic. Someone asked to hold the record for shortest-lived ship. Wonder if this is it. 1,400 yards? Might be a record. He might be holding the record. Or she. Because the ships are She. Really fell into obscurity after most of her valuable bronze cannons were salvaged in the 17th century until she was relocated again in the late 1950s, as I said, in a busy shipping lane just out of Stockholm Harbor there. And then, as we were mentioning before, it was like salvaged and largely intact in 1961 when it was brought to the surface. And it was said to be richly decorated as a symbol of the king's ambitions for Sweden and himself. And then upon completion, she was one of the most powerfully armed vessels in the world at the time. Wow. However. Get out to fight. As we have seen, and we just heard, she was dangerously unstable and top-heavy with too much weight in the upper structure of the hull. And despite this lack of stability, she was ordered to sea and foundered only a few minutes after encountering a wind stronger than a breeze. A Jeez. wind stronger than a breeze.
0: Took her down.
1: Right away. That's not good. Yeah. During the 1961 recovery, thousands of artifacts and remains of at least 15 people were found in and around the Vassa's hull by marine archaeologists. And among the many items found were clothing, weapons, cannons, tools, coins, cutlery, food, drink, and six of the ten sails, actually, were still there. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. The artifacts in the ship herself have actually provided like scholars with invaluable insights into the details of naval warfare, shipbuilding techniques, and everyday life in the 17th century Sweden.
0: How not to build your ship?
1: <laughs> yeah. They wrote the book on that. Well, unless your goal is to not to make sink. it out of the harbor. <laughs> As I was reading up on the VASA too, I found this quote that was pretty funny. Okay, it's the last sentence that made me laugh. And it kind of fits with what we've talked about before. But hold on, here you go. Vasa was an early example of a warship with two full gun decks, and was built when the theoretical principles of shipbuilding were still poorly understood. There's, yeah, think. yeah <laughs> there you go. But that's not the that's not the good part. You got to hold on for a second. There's no evidence that Henrik Hybertson, he was the guy who built it, ever built a ship like this before. And two gun decks is a much more complicated compromise in seaworthiness and firepower than a single gun deck, which I'm sure. Yeah. But here we go. Here's the here's the key sentence for this whole quote. Safety margins at the time were also far below anything that would be accepted today. Now, now, (laughs) come on. Really? Safety standards? Surely you jest. (laughs) Let's just say that again. We're far below anything that would be accepted today. That's almost a here's your sign moment. The no, not Sherlock. Whatever you want to say. No kidding. Of course the standards weren't there. Yeah. Just they weren't. But yeah, I thought that was pretty hilarious. We had that's like Captain Obvious thing going. <laughs> Let's point out the obvious. I don't know. What do I say with that? Just like us here, relatively no safety standards. <laughs> yep. Which explains a lot. An awful lot maybe. I don't know. Anything else on your end or do we finish up the episode talking about being top heavy?
0: Yeah, the ships not
1: wenches. <laughs> that brings us back to your bust comment earlier. Blunderbust. Our blunderbust. Our blunderbust are about to fall out, and we gotta <laughs> we gotta, you know, mosey on to the next minute. Something like that. I don't know. Do you have anything else then?
0: That'll be it for me.
1: Alright, that'll do it for me too. And we can end the Monday.
0: Okay.
1: So we'll be back on Wednesday with minute 75 of Dead Man's Chest. Until then, Scallywags. Let's keep the horns swoggling to a minimum. And your Blunderbusts appropriately holstered. There we go. People are going to be writing us going, you know, that's not what a blunderbuss is. And that's not even how you say it. And we'll go, oh, really? Thank you for telling us. You've been listening to The Black Pearl Show. And we appreciate it, scallywags. Heather, I know you're still on pirate time and kicking back with the booze, but you may have noticed, actually who am I kidding, the only thing you've noticed lately is the inside of the Faithful Bride Tavern. Anyways, our procrastination has paid off yet again and season two is here and we are willfully unprepared. Maybe we can distract people with a Jack Sparrow wave of the hands and send people across that thing called the internet. Check us out on Facebook.com slash Pirates of the Caribbean Minute, Twitter.com slash Black Pearl Men instagram.com slash blackpearlshow soundcloud.com slash pirates of the caribbean that's for best of clips and by all means give us a plug and review on itunes we'd appreciate it mateys oh and let's not forget the facebook cursed crew listeners group for post episode discussions that's actually a lot to remember especially if you're in a foggy haze like heather just go to blackpearlshow.com and everything is there at the click of a button perhaps i should have just said that from the beginning